What up? Welcome back to another edition of Green with Envy. As always, this is your boy Will Weir checking in. How you doing? How you living? Unfortunately, today, my guy Greg Manakis is out sick today, taking the Jason Tatum-like day off. Hope you're feeling better, my guy. I know you're a little bit under the weather, but the good news is, by God, is that his music? Taylor Gang. Taylor Gang. Guess who's back with a brand new rap? Old friend Adam Taylor is back in the building. What up, Adam? Yo, that's a that intro was far too kind for me. I'm doing good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. Uh, like I said to you when we first come on, like it's just good to catch up with you, man. It's been a hot minute. Yo, it's it's been a minute. We miss having you on the show, man. Uh, but you know, you, you're doing some really cool things right now. So I'm glad to see you, you know, out there thriving, uh, real quick, you know, I was gonna save this for the end, but tell the people just, just remind them. I know they know, but remind them what, what you got going on these days. Yeah. So I kind of, when I'm, when I transitioned away from this show, like the show that we were doing together, um, I launched a show on YouTube called vitamin C's. We're still getting that off the ground. It's still very early days, you know, building from the ground up over there. Uh, but yeah, so if you're listening and you haven't subscribed already, head over to YouTube, type in at Adam Taylor in the search bar, Adam Taylor NBA, and then it'll pop up. Just subscribe to that channel. We're trying to find a consistency now. It's a bit different on YouTube than it, like with a podcast. You know, I drop it. If you subscribe to the feed, feed, you get round to it when you get round to it. You know, on YouTube, it's kind of like you've got to play to that algorithm a little bit more. So we're, we're just trying to find what's working at the moment. Yeah, man. Well, you guys are doing your thing. And then also, well, you get the, the podcast with Keith Smith too, right? Over at, Yeah, dude. Over so Hattie. that's awesome. So there's me and Keith Smith once a week. It will be moving to twice a week. Just Ooh, talking. Let's go. Talking. Well, we do, I think it's moving to twice a week. Eventually, right? We <laughs> um, yeah, man. Just uh, excellent, excellent tease, Adam. Excellent tease for the people. <laughs> eventually. Start, start tuning in now. And eventually, you're going to get twice a week. Eventually, you're going to get. And that's just covering the whole NBA. We try and just take it a few teams at a time. At the moment, we've gone from like conference pretenders, conference outsiders. Now we're kind of doing our West. Like we're preparing for our Western Conference contenders this week. So, uh, so I'm watching a ton more basketball than I used to. I don't know mm-hmm. how I'm managing to fit it all in. It's, uh, <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun, man. I'm, I, I get to watch more ball, and everybody knows that Adam Taylor loves basketball. Yeah, man. You're one of the hardest workers out there. So I, I love seeing you do your thing out there and getting a chance to kind of elevate your platform a little bit. Uh, but I'm also happy just to see you again, man. It's uh, We really built a, a really cool friendship here over the last couple of years. So it's genuinely just really good to kind of kick it with you, man. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. So right now I'm recording. We're recording this collectively on a Monday morning here for myself. It is Monday afternoon for, for Adam out in England. And I just did a nine-hour drive yesterday going from austin to el paso texas and i was curious adam have you ever done a long car drive like that i know you know england's a pretty pretty small ish country but i was curious to know have you ever done a road trip like an extended road trip i think the furthest i did was pasadena to vegas 
Oh, okay, so it was U.S. bound was the longest yeah, road was, trip you've ever yeah, done. Because yeah. I imagine traveling at least the, the few times that I've been over, I, I've mostly been in London when I go to England. But I imagine just 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 looking at kind of the the landscape, it's not the most convenient, even though it's not that big of a country, to do long road trips. Do I have that right? Yeah, and like there isn't such thing like nine hours. I'm going from the top of Scotland, which is a completely different country, to the bottom of England. Yeah, you know, what I mean, like, I'm doing the entire like length of the island. So, and that's it. Then you hit water, and if you keep going, you might end up in France or Spain. <laughs> well, don't hit the water. That's that's. I know. I know you're. I know you're kind of water averse, anyway. So we don't. We don't need you going. Yeah, I've got anywhere those near hood tendencies, man. I don't know how to swim. <laughs> <laughs> Keep me as far away that's from the Jimmy ocean Butler as quote, Do not come for me. That was what Jimmy, <laughs> that's a Jimmy Butler quote. Um, but yeah, dude, like the longest one I did was Pasadena to Vegas. That's I think that's like five hours, five, yeah, five and a half like hours. But coming back because the wife was so hungover because we got married up there, <laughs> um, that drive took me about nine hours coming back. Yeah, so, that's so a rough one, man. I've, I've done a couple of those extended hangover drives. You got to make a few extra pit stops. Maybe you got to get a little bit of food. Maybe you got to, you know, get get rid of a couple of the demons on the side of the road. You know what I'm saying? Make a little, <laughs> make a little deposit to the hangover gods. Yeah, I'm telling uh, you, dude, like I fell in, like that was where I discovered Denny's. And uh, I remember you telling me about this before. <laughs> and uh, that came in clutch for me. Well, it was like the worst thing in the world for the wife. She was just like, it just made her 10 times worse. And like, we're in the middle. I think we were in Baker. So there's still like another two, three hours worth of driving to go. She's like, dude, I'm not going to make it. Like, you're going to have to leave me here when you travel home. Uh, it's like it's like going to war. Leave me behind. I'm, it's, yeah, it's too I'm it's done. too late for me. I'm a god. We've been married Keep 12 going. hours and now you're a widow. So I was like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. <laughs> well, I'm glad to see that you survived the trip and that you guys are obviously still together. Um, but with that, Adam, no, I got you here. We got to talk a little basketball. It's not it's not our favorite week for us to get together and talk <laughs> basketball. But you know what? We're going to do it, and just as we always do when we record, this is a Sunday matinee, we're recording here early on a Monday morning, but as we always do, we're going to go ahead and queue up a Morning Box. Morning Box score, Orlando Magic take down the Boston Celtics 95-92 to on a Sunday matinee for the Orlando Magic. Paolo Bancaro, who is that dude, 31.6 rebounds, 3 assists, 6 of 7 from 3. Franz Wagner, 12.5 rebounds, 3 assists. Admiral Schofield, 13 points, 3 of 5 from 3. For the Celtics, Jalen Brown goes 24 points and 14 rebounds. Marcus Smart, 15.7 rebounds, 7 assists. Grant Williams, 14 points and 6 rebounds. No Jason Tatum, which I kind of alluded to in the intro in this game. He sat out this game for personal reasons. The Celtics shoot an abysmal 34.8% overall. Even worse, 25.5% from 3. And like I mentioned, Adam, this is a relatively unfortunate time out of what has been an overall really great season for us to be able to talk Celtics basketball. So I want to keep it the little bit of positive that we have first. We'll get into what is happening with this team. But big picture, what I think ultimately is really going to matter from these two games is the return of Rob Williams, a.k.a. the Time Lord, a.k.a. Lob Williams, back and actually physically running on a basketball court playing real live NBA minutes for the first time this season. So forget about 
what the fact that the Celtics have a seven game homestand and a large opportunity in front of them and have lost two games to one of the four or five worst teams in the league record wise. I, I think the magic are, are better than what their record shows because of some injuries, but put that to the side for a minute, Rob Williams, give me your initial impressions of his return. Yeah. It's doing everything you want from Rob Williams, right? Just in smaller, just a smaller scope. He's got a few blocks in. We've seen the vertical spacing he can offer. I don't think there's much being run for him at the moment. I don't think they're actually like hunting out those love opportunities because, again, you want to take it slowly. You don't want to put too much stress on that knee too quickly. Mm-hmm. Defensive-wise, you could definitely see his impact in some shots, but then you do have this slight timing issues there, right? Like we've seen him bite on a few pump fakes that towards the end of last season he wouldn't have bit on. Uh, getting up and down the floor doesn't seem to be an issue for him. He's definitely getting the ball out of his hands as quickly as he was last last season. I know that <laughs> yeah. um, there was just like a little handoff in the first game against Orlando where he kind of just caught the ball and literally as soon as it touched his hands, he just rolled it off his hands. Like, I don't want it. It's hot potato. Like I'd like to see him King hold, of the hot potato. I want to see him hold that ball a little bit more and use some of that size and passing skill. But overall, it's exactly what you'd expect from Rob Williams returning from injury. Uh, he's doing everything you expect him to do just in a far smaller scope he's kind of in a box at the moment right like we see the yeah. odd dunk we see the odd block but we haven't seen rob williams doing rob williams things for a stretch and i don't think we'll see that for a while but it's a huge boost to the celtics especially when you look at and if you follow me on twitter you'll see i've been tweeting about this a bunch mainly last week where it was like one of the things the celtics do well is when they penetrate they really kind of pressure that low man to to step up and try and take that floater away. Brogdon's mm. exceptional. They, they, uh, the word I use is engage. They engage the low man. And you do that with Rob Williams in the dunkers, but it's all over. It's just easy money. So I, I'm very, very happy to see Rob back. And uh, yeah. have you seen all the rhetoric about his hair? I, I've seen a little bit about it. I was, I was going to throw a joke in here at some point that, you know, game one, no headband. Game two, had the headband. Uh, and, and so I think that there was some going around that he was having trouble seeing in that first game without the headband. <laughs> Yo, all I'm saying is I want to have that Jason Tatum moment with Rob Williams where it's like, yeah, I've cut my hair. I'm top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm nobody, saying? Nobody can stop me now. Now that, now that I have now that I have the gift of vision, no, nobody can stop me. But, you know, to your point, I, I think number one, just seeing him run up and down the court and feel like it's normal. You know, that's, that's, that's the biggest thing to take away from this. You mentioned it's kind of condensed minutes at the moment. He's coming off the bench. Uh, He's played basically 18 minutes in each of these games. First game, I think nine points, five rebounds, second game, six points, five rebounds, two blocks. And then probably my favorite, which speaks to one of your points. He had, he led the Celtics in just those 18 minutes in that second game against the magic with 11 contested shots. And I really think that's, there's two things. And I look at Rob Williams, I think are going to make a massive difference. One is, is that ability to have that rim protector, which they just haven't had this season, you know, Al Horford, Luke Corner, that everyone has filled in very admirably. The defense has been crawling its way back up to the top 10, even without, you know, Rob Williams coming back until these last two games, defense has been turning around. I think with Rob, that upward trajectory projection, you can, you can see it coming. You can see it coming and you can see on, you know, I get a little bit annoyed with how much Brian Scalabrini talks about the Cornette contest. Yeah. Even though, shout out to my guy, Steph Noe over at the Sporting News. He put together a video where uh, apparently the, the numbers do equal out that it does have some effect. I, I'm more on the Eddie House team of it's a little bit ridiculous. But hey, you know what? It it, 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 is, it is what it is. But I, I watched this these last two games, and I see when a guy like Terrence Ross is shooting a corner three, and a couple times you see Rob coming out and 
I'll tell you what, Adam, that ain't no damn Cornette contest. That's nearly a block shot each time is what it is. And it's really messing with the trajectory of, of some of the shots that are coming out. And so I think that's one of the big things that this team was missing, that intimidation factor on the defensive end, having a guy that you don't know where he's coming from. And like you said, I mean, he nearly had four fouls in the you know five minutes that he had in the first half of that first game he played. I think he had uh, three fouls and another one that should have been on him. And so, of course, those instincts, they're going to take a minute to come back. But on the flip side, you know, just having somebody, something that I feel like, and I, I was trying to find the stat earlier, I was, was struggling to find it, but it feels like the Celtics don't get a lot of just easy looks at the rim in the form of, of, of dunks, just very simply the amount of dunks that they've had this season. And so you look at Rob Williams, who's come back and had, uh, I believe it's, let me see here. I, I think it's about, he's had six, seven baskets, six of them are dunks and one's a layup. And those are shots that have not been in the repertoire for this team. And so now when you have, when you get someone that's driving downhill and into the lane, it's not just, do I have to leave a shooter who might be a 40% shooter or, or on a hot streak or, or not on a hot streak as we'll talk about later, you know, now you have to make a decision. Am I going to leave that guy open? And I have to also worry about a guy who's 80, 90% on every single one of these lob dunks that he's going to get at the rim. So that's a new weapon that I think is going to really open up things for the Celtics. And I think you're going to start to see once Rob gets really back into that flow, like you mentioned, they haven't even run any plays. And that was a staple of this team last year, especially early on in the first quarter was running at least one play to go ahead and get Rob an easy dunk at the basket, an easy alley-oop attempt. I think once he gets back into the flow, you're going to see him getting eight to 12, just really, really easy points. And that's something that this team hasn't even had yet, despite what at one time was a historic offensive pace they were on. Yeah. I mean, I expect to see a bit of a dip in floater attempts and see a little bit of, and obviously those will just translate over into lobs. Mm-hmm. Because you do have like Brogdon sometimes the the low line defense will step up and they'll take away that drive. And he he's got a really good floater, super reliable from that like short mid-range area, which I like to know is the floater range. But when you've got Rob Williams just chilling in the dunker spot, why do you need to put up a floater when you can just put the ball up into the air and Rob can go grab that bleep? Because that's what you tell Rob to do, just go and yeah. get that. You know what I mean? So I'd expect to see a little bit of a dip there and then an increase in lobs. But as you say, it's definitely more of a, well, how how do we guard this team now when there's so many good slashers that can pull up from anywhere, stop on a dime, they can redirect the rock. And then you have just this anomaly of an athletic like human that you're just like, well, how do we limit this guy when he yeah. can jump almost high, higher than almost anybody else? So that's going to be huge. And then defensively, it's exactly the same, right? Like for all every for everything that's been said about Boston's defense being like below the standard that we'd come to expect from them. Like I can agree there. There's been times, but they'd still got up to eighth, ninth yeah. in the league in defensive rating without Rob. And as Rob starts to get better in terms of game speed, you know, and I've said this on my show a bunch, being game ready and being up to game speed are completely different. And it's the same with in any sport that you do. You can practice till you're blue in the face until you're in that like environment and the physicality's there and 
No, you know, you just spring. I mean, Rob even talked about this the first game where he said, I went so hard in the first four minutes, I was gassed. Gas, you know, like there, there is an element of, of like to your point, that game first game shape versus game ready. Game ready is, is knowing to pace yourself in that yeah. game, you know, in those stints that you have out there and knowing when to exert that energy. And, and like we said, he, he definitely is going to take a few games to get those instincts back. Felt, felt a little, you know, early in his career, robbish, biting on those pumps fakes that you said and you, and you could tell he just you know especially feeding off the crowd because he was that jolt of energy every time that he's checked in over these last two games you know the crowd hasn't had a ton to cheer in some of these games and so when rob comes in that really kind of builds it up a little bit for the for the energy and you're going to feed off that it's just natural human instinct you feel that and it's your first time out there and you know several months you've seen your team be successful you want to be a part of that success even if you've been doing the work in the background you're not on the court feeling that same you want to be like how do i come in and contribute and you know if you're rob you're probably thinking man i want to throw down a, a big slam or i want to yes. i want to toss a ball 16 rows back and just you know make this crowd go electric and then with that you probably play a little bit outside of yourself from what we've seen over the you know, over the last year when he was all defense and it sucks right because the first two games he gets back they're both l's yeah. so it's like man i really wanted rob to come back and kind of experience this type of offense that we've seen for the majority of the season mm-hmm. but he's kind of come back during a bit of a a crisis of Funk. identity. Yeah, yeah. It's a, little, a little bit, a little bit of a funky stretch, which, which we're going to talk about. Before we, we, we do that. Let's just think about the long term vision of of Rob Williams for a minute here. Like, like we said, he's he's only playing eighteen minutes right now. He's coming off the bench, which I guess I, and I think ultimately he's going to start. Do you feel that way as well? That's it. I mean, in my opinion, he owns that starting spot. Yes. Like that's his. Yeah, I, I agree too. I, I think ultimately you're going to see probably last year's starting five. In the next couple of probably sometime before this homestand ends, I would imagine you see last year's starting five be the actual starting five. And until it's given a reason that that can't be the starting five, I, I think that's what you're going to see from here on out. If they're all healthy and playing, that will be the, that will become the norm. And the Celtics will start to, to you know, settle in to that position, you know, but but what from the long term aspect of of Rob being back? What would you what would you pinpoint is going to be the number one impact that he'll have? I think just the amount of space it's going to create for guys in the lanes. Yeah, offensively, this is you know just knowing that if I as we've spoke we spoke about this already, but if if I have to step up to take away a drive, there's a lob to rub, mm-hmm. or there's a dump off pass or a pocket pass or whatever it may be. I think that that itself is just going to create so much more opportunity for Tatum and Brown. Brown specifically due to that mid-range that he, that game he's got developing there. I mean, what is he league leading in mid-range um field goal percentage? Right by the, the top. Yeah, I don't remember the exact yeah. number, but he's right he's right at the top, yeah. And that's why like when he's driving if you step up to take it away, he can just step back, you're going to recover back to Rob because you don't want the pass the the shots are going to be there. I think that's going to be the biggest thing for me. I just think Everyone thinks about spacing as being five guys or four guys around the perimeter, where realistically it's being able to keep defenders as far away from each other as possible, right? Mm -hmm. So you beat one and someone has to cover some distance to get to you and that leaves somebody else open. I think just spacing wise, he's going to add a whole new dimension there and it's just going to be a lot more fluid fluid in the way they run their sets because they know they've got this low post presence in terms of, hey, there's someone on the dunker spot, there's somebody that can give us some secondary creation with his touch passing ability, and he's an offensive rebounder because the guy is just a tipping genius. 
Yeah. He, I, he I, should I, play volleyball as his second. <laughs> he, he feels like a guy. I feel like he, he would be a great beach volleyball guy. That feels like that fits yeah. all of Rob Williams, just his mode, his vibe. Uh, I feel like in the off season, you could totally see Rob Williams. You know, you've talked about going down to the Santa Monica pier. You know, I could totally see him just kind of down there working, working some of the volleyball games in the office. His knees too, right? The sand takes most of the impacts away. There you go. KG was very big about training and down in Malibu on the beach. You know, there's been many, many videos that you've seen of KG training down there. So maybe that is something to look out for in the future. Unfortunately, Adam, in our future, we've alluded to it. We've taken our time, taken our time getting there. We we, got to talk about the funk that the Celtics have found themselves in. So it is the Christmas season. For those of you listening, I'm going to give you a chance here. If If you want your day to just remain as positive as possible, I'm going to give you the opportunity to step away if you want. I don't think you should. Because I think Adam and I are going to have a fun conversation here despite the topic matter. We're going to still have a good conversation here. But we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the Celtics' recent struggles. All right, Adam. We, we, We had to do it. We tried to put it off as long as we could, but we got to talk about what is going on with this team and where they're at. Celtics currently losers of four out of the last five and are realistically two Anthony Davis free throws away from this being a five-game losing streak after that insane game out in L.A. a few nights ago. Like I said, four out of the last five, two straight against the Magic. They drop on the beginning of what is a seven-game homestand, so 0-2 to start the homestand. And I'm going to rip a question straight out of the Celtics blog Slack channel. Shout out to uh, our our lovely editor, Bill Sy, my guy. Shout out to you. Right now, Adam, over this last week, and these five games have all happened basically in about a, a week to, a week's time frame, what's your panic level from 1 to 10 and why? First off, shout out Bill Side the Celtics guy. That dude's my homie, man. I really... Oh, God. I don't know how I didn't think of that. That's fantastic. <laughs> Bill Side the Celtics guy. That's amazing. That's the name I've been using for him for a while. There's Honestly, there's no more of a genuine person than Bill. One of my favorite humans on the planet. So, if, uh, Bill, if you're listening, we love you over here, man. Uh, panic level, I'm at, what, is five the highest or is one the highest? What did you no, say? No, no, one to ten. One scale, one to ten. One to ten, one being the lowest, right? Yes, correct. So well, I'm that at, means I don't care, man. Ain't yeah, no I'm like 2.5. Like, okay, I'm really at just like a whatever. You're 22 and nine, you know what I mean? Like, you're still top of the east. Okay, you joint with Milwaukee at this point. You dropped that game in the game in advance that you had over them. So, what this time last year, you were facing far more adversity. Do I think that you've moved away from some of the things you've been doing well? Definitely. Do I think that part of it's just, hey, we're going to have shooting dips? Definitely. The only thing I will say is the common traject- the common trend in all of these losses has been rea- reacting to physicality. Chicago turned up the intensity. You lose. My, um, Orlando play really intense. You lose. The Clippers turned up the intensity. You lose. One of the things you could say about the Yamei Udoka Celtics worse they weren't afraid to win gritty. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, we spoke about this when we were on the Celtics pod, right? Look, Brad Stevens basketball was very finesse. Everything yeah. was, it was pretty. It was nice run sets that looked well. Whereas Ime installed that dog in them. And he was like, yo, you're going to, you know, if you need to elbow dudes, go and do it. If you need to fight your way through, if you're coming away with bumps and bruises, make sure they feel you too. And I feel like we've kind of leaned a bit more towards the Brad Stevens style under Missoula. Everything's a little bit more finesse. Uh, when the sets are run properly, it's picturesque basketball. 
But once teams start punching you in the mouth and they're really roughing you up for a game, we're not really seeing that same level of uh, of dog that we mm-hmm. saw from them for under Udoka. And that's kind of my only observation in these losses. And again, dude, it's December. Yeah. All right. So I put it, I put it as about a three in the Slack channel. Like you said, it's December. It's it's really hard to freak out about this team that you know has been so good. You just got back, you're starting center. And, you know, while things can be tightened up, I think a lot of this is really coming down to, you know, you you hit on the points about the energy focus. Prime example, yesterday, you just can't allow a team like Orlando with, you know, during money time to try and go to go ahead and get several offensive rebounds with the game on the line. That's not championship DNA. That's that's not what what you can allow to happen. That's kind of a focus. That's an energy level thing. That's something that that can be corrected. And then ultimately, I think part of it is it's just a shooting slump. It's, you know, the Celtics were playing at such a high level. It was going to be hard to maintain that level. That was not a sustainable level of where this offense was early in the season. So it was always going to correct itself. And it's probably overcorrecting itself a little bit right now. When you look at the last five games, the Celtics are 29th in the league in shooting threes and 30th overall in field goal percentage, shooting 28% from three and 41.6 from the field in general over these last five games. Pretty hard to win basketball when that's what you're doing, you know, shooting the basketball. When on the season, they're fourth in the league in three-point field goal percentage and sixth overall in field goal percentage from the field. You know, that's going to be really tough to win. So for me, I look at it as this is a little bit of a regression to the mean. You're seeing a lot of the role players that were really having some elevated seasons from beyond the arc. They've really struggled over these last five games. And I think a little bit of that has been, you know, to your points of they've gotten away from, from what really made them special early in the season. I think they're still getting some good looks. I don't think they're getting as many great looks as they were getting earlier in a little bit of that. And I really noticed this in the second half of the first game against Orlando. It felt like a lot of one pass, two pass, shot attempt or maybe dribble drive attempt against a contested shot. And a lot of them were still good shots, but what they were really amazing at early in the season was passing up that good shot to get a great shot or to get an even greater shot. And that ball was, we were seeing it move side to side into the paint. I think you're seeing that a little bit less and you're still getting good shots, but you're not getting the same amount of great shots. And that's why maybe that's why you're seeing some of the role players and their field goal percentage and three point percentage start to dip a little bit. Yeah, single action attempts is what I kind of call them. Like, you know, you run a high pick and roll or you run a stagger screen and somebody curls off and then you hit the guy that's curled or you hit the guy that's popped out. But that's it, right? It's one pass, one action, we're going to take an attempt. Maybe we'll throw an extra pass in there if we can see a passing lane. But one of the things, the Celtics, as you said, one of the things the Celtics were doing earlier in the season was they'd run an action, they'd find the open man, then they'd drive the ball with a weak yeah. side action occurring. So now the defense is completely like... Well, we've got to defend everything going on here, and we've got to send guys to the driver. All of a sudden, somebody's open. One extra pass after that, it's impossible to recover back out. And we're not seeing that at the moment. It's single action attempts. Uh, One of the things that the Celtics did really well to begin the year was they were running guys off flare screens and getting them the the rock for like um, wing drives, like Mm -hmm. slot drives, basically. So you come off the flare screen, get the ball at the slot, drive. Then somebody would curl over a weak side pin down. You'd hit them. The guy that set the pin down would then like shade out to the corner or shade in. You'd find them and then there'd be a redirect and the passes would pile up and the defense would be that busy chasing the ball. You know, it's I like someone told me this, I think it was earlier this season or at the end of the last season. It might have been even be one of you guys. 
but I can't remember who said it, otherwise I'd credit them, but make the ball the fastest player on the floor. Yeah. Right? If you make the ball the fastest guy on the floor, it's really hard. You're chasing shadows all the time. And when you're playing these single action attempts, it's really easy for a defense to stay in front of you. And this is what Golden State did and kind of gave the blueprint with, was like, hey, if you stay in front of the Celtics, if you keep the ball in front of you at all times, they find it really difficult to break you down off the dribble and get in behind that perimeter defense. And even if they do, it's such an isolation-heavy style of basketball that it's easy to kind of pinch in from the wings and take away that space. And that's just not the way the Celtics are built. They don't have like an elite off-the-bounce creator that can create for himself off the bounce. You know, and they don't have a Kyrie Irving or a Chris Paul mm-hmm. or a Jar. What they have is a bunch of high IQ guys that are really good on and off the ball, which is why those two, three, four action plays where you are making the ball faster than everybody else, they were working great. And what they've done, we've just seen them kind of stagnate back to early 2021 Boston. Yeah. Uh, but again, man, like it's December. Like They were never going to sustain the heater that they were on. For because sure. Because it just come too early. It, 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 it was, and Marcus Marty even talked about it, which I thought was an interesting quote in which he said they felt low expectations and they were playing free. I'm, I'm kind of um, surmising a little bit of a quote that he had yesterday after the game. And right now they're putting a lot of pressure on themselves after this hot start where they were on this historic pace. And I thought that was kind of interesting because I wonder if that low expectations was from – you know, and, and it's funny to say you have low expectations when you come into the season as the betting favorite to, to win the NBA championship. But I guess with, you know, the string of, of news that dropped right before the season from Gallo goes down, Rob's out extended period, the whole Eme situation. Now you have a rookie head coach. And, you know, admittedly, I was one of those guys who I was 100% ready to, you know, right before the night before training camp, when everything culminated, I was like, man, this team is primed to go to the championship. I got scared off of it. And I made my preseason prediction as, you know, I, I still thought they were right there with the bucks and it was going to come down to whenever they meet the bucks, I'm going to lean bucks. Cause it feels like there's, there's too much, whether it's bad juju or whatever it might be. There's too many factors that are running up against this team between health coaching, whatever it might be. And maybe that felt like there was, Hey, people are kind of a little bit off of us. And so now we can go out and just be free and just go play. And now that they got off such a great start, there's this 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 weird pressure that has come back around because everyone is back on, well, the Celtics and Bucks were in this other class by themselves. And so it was really interesting to hear, you know, Marcus Smart uh, speak about that. But at the end of the day, it comes back to, like you said, this is December. And the pace that they were on to start the season was going to be really hard to replicate. And and part of what makes me feel pretty confident that this is going to be a funky week, a funky stretch that we look back on. And it's a, it's kind of a blip on the radar and and not much more than that is that you look at, you know, some of the the shooting numbers from just the individual, just the the key bench players, aside from Al, who was out for a couple of games in this five game stretch four guys that were all shooting at about 40% or above, Derek White, Sam Hauser, Malcolm Brogdon, Grant Williams. Over the last five games, Derek White from three, shooting 17.6%. Sam Hauser shooting 21.1%. Malcolm Brogdon shot the ball well yesterday, back up to 36%, but still below his season average, and Grant Williams at 30%. And you look at those four guys, and other than Derek White, Sam Hauser, that's how he's getting paid. In the NBA. Everyone knows Sam Hauser's a shooter, 
shooters are going to have, especially when you're when you're that you know specialized three point shooter that gets about 15 minutes a game. You're going to have a couple funk. It's just it's just going to happen when you only get a handful of touches each game. Not worried about him. Malcolm Brogdon, we've seen him be a 40, 50, 90 guy. We know he can shoot it. Grant Williams, I, I think between last year and the start to this year, we see how much he keeps improving. He's going to be fine. Derek White's the only guy that I think maybe the shooting woes could come back a little bit more because he is typically about a mid thirties percent career shooter. He's been shooting way, way above his career average, but if he can get it back to that 36, 37, 38% range, you're going to live with that all day. And I think, you know, I, I think a lot of these are just happen to be shooting funks that are happening at the same time. Some of it's a result of the ball movement and of, you know, some of the defenses getting a chance to see a little bit more game tape on this Missoula offense that we've seen now over the beginning stretch of the season. But they're still driving the ball. They're still getting to the line about the same rate, even a little bit more over these last five games than they have on the season. So for me, it's just really hard to to put my panic meter any higher than like we're talking about a two and a half to a three. I will say, who needs to watch game tape when you've got Quizlet screenshots? Okay, well, I, I kind of saw this going around, but I didn't fully understand. Can you explain what, what this was? Yeah, so you know what Quizlet is, right? Quizlet. I, I don't really, to be honest. Okay, no. so it's basically... That, that was what threw me off. So imagine you're like an undergrad at college, right? Or mm-hmm. you've gone back and you're doing your postgrad, whatever yeah. it is. Quizlet is basically an online flashcard app. So you can fill in your data, like whatever it may be that you're studying. You can be mm-hmm. like, so for so for Missoula, one of the one of the ones that did the rounds on social media was like Chris Paul likes to snake the pick and roll, goes left, likes to use stack actions as an entry, blah, blah. and he put like bullet points of scouting reports on this quiz. Yeah, app. and then what you can do is once you've filled in all your data, you can quiz yourself and like click quiz and it'll be like Chris Paul and then it'll give you multiple choice. So you can be like, uh, right, this is the, this so like, is what that. do you do in this scenario? Yeah. A, B, or C, like, D or whatever. Yeah. Or it'll be like Chris Paul, a likes to snake the pick and roll. And then maybe somebody else you've put lights to step back. So it'd be likes to step back from the pick and roll and you quiz yourself to see how much you yeah. remember. Right. It's a really good way to retain information. I do it for university at the moment, but <laughs> the problem with Quizlet is a lot of it is public. You have to specify ah, that they're private. Okay. So Missoula had left his on public and somebody stumbled upon, up, uh, upon it. And rather than do it being a good Samaritan and just, you know, starting like a DM share this to all your friends. To, so all of us could have seen it without Missoula taking it down. Like, cause that's something to me as an exes and like someone that loves exes. You'd love to get that. That's like, that's like a, that's like peeking it's behind a the curtain book. for you. Yeah. That's, that's great. <laughs> and like, no, they had to put it on, on like the timeline. It got retweeted a bunch. Yeah. Obviously okay. Missoula takes it down. I'm like, man, why would you do that? That's not the way you do it. You send it in the DM so no one knows you know. Well, well let me ask you this, Adam. Is there is there a paid version of Quizlet where it doesn't have to be public and you can you can have it private? No idea. I've never looked because it's free and it's so easily it, it, it's free, but it feels app. like usually with, with most of those type apps, there has to be and this is this is the point that I'm trying to make is I have no problem with Missoula using it. I think it sounds like a great tool to be able to to quiz yourself. I, I did not know that this existed, but it sounds like a great tool to make sure that, you know, especially in your your individual time asynchronously when you're working on this, you can you can go ahead and do this without having to have, you know, an assistant coach present and like quizzing you back and forth. I love the so, use of asynchronously there as well. Just thank just you, brother. Very I appreciate IT based, it. You know, <laughs> IT based vernacular. And so you can you can go in and test yourself on this, but I feel like it, there has to be a paid version. And I, to me, it's kind of funny that I think of an NBA head coach not paying 
for the for the private paid version and going you know basically the the free spark notes version which is what i'm kind of thking of for myself when i was in high school and college used a ton of spark notes you know going with that free version and being like i've got enough just that i can work with here without without having to quite pay for it okay so there is a paid version of quizlet known as quizlet plus uh <laughs> in on, my Joe, money you gotta buy the plus version in English money, that's £7 a month, £32 a year. So in American dollars, you're talking about 35 bucks for the year. Come on, Joe. <laughs> Joe, Joe the you got to spring. You know bro. what? You know what, mate? This is the thing. He He's still the interim head coach at this point. I'm not sure what his salary is. <laughs> Wick, Wick, what do we got to do here, man? How do, we, how do we get our guy, Joe, to get the plus version? Oh. We got to get him a bonus. My man's been great. He's the leading candidate for coach of the year right now. How do we get him a team subscription? Can we get a team password, maybe, for, for Joe Missoula to use Quizlet? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it, it's, oh, it's great when something like this happens, this, though. though. It, makes, it makes us feel like we're connected because it's like, this is what I would do. This is the type of crap I would do where I'm like, I don't need to pay for it. I got this. It's also good. I like it because coaches use different terminology for the same things, right? So understanding what terminology Missoula's using on those things really helps when trying to, like for me, when I'm writing about it, I want to be using vernacular that the team would use, not because it changes anything at all, mm -hmm. but if somebody from the team was to ever read it, they might be like, yo, this dude knows, let us phone him and give him a job, you know? So I'm really sad that that, that uh, got taken down. I completely understand the reasonings for it. There was one on there, and I cannot remember what player it was, but it was basically like, he, oh, he's not passing the ball. Yeah, I, I, that's well, this is why I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about, because in the little bit that I saw it, I didn't really fully understand what was going on. So it was kind of passing through as I, as I looked at the screenshots. But I saw one of them and it, it was I think it was Dylan Brooks that they were talking about. And it seemed almost like a joke question that you or I would pose like to a Twitter audience of like, what's this guy going to do? chuck a three or you know dribble the ball dribble the air out of the ball or something something like that and so that was like that that's what for me tipped me off as i don't know what this is or how serious i should take it and i just kind of moved on but i do appreciate i do like that we've we've brought this back full circle is there a way that you can on quizlet can you can you make connections and be like study buddies on quizlet I've never tried, but I'm pretty sure you can. I mean, teachers use it for their kids. Adam, like this is your in. You you have to connect with with the Joe Missoula on on Quizlet. You guys have I to never be Quizlet even buddies. thought of this. <laughs> Me and Joe Missoula going to be best friends. There you go. You I tell you what, thing. you're up at strange wife. hours because of the time difference. So you guys are going to work out perfectly for when he's going to be doing some late night studies. You're going to be doing some early morning studies. Boom! It's the perfect time for you guys to connect. His wife is one of my favorite Twitter followers at the moment. Oh, tell me why. She's just super active, man. And it's definitely like, um, and it's not like all defending Joe or defending the team. Like the other day, she was just like, the first time I've ever been to LA, I can see why everybody likes it here. Just like, <laughs> like, and I'm just like, I love seeing people that are in a position that they've obviously been a part of like work. Obviously, Joe's the one who's worked up the coaching ranks, but mm -hmm. she's obviously been there to support she's been him. putting in her part. own work. Yeah, and her yeah, own yeah. grind and whatever she's doing in her own life. So seeing somebody like start to experience things they've been working to for a long time, like for me, like that 
I find that rewarding for myself because I'm like, man, I can't imagine what you had to go through to get here. So then she's like, oh, we're in LA and it's amazing. Or she's like, oh, I have to sit outside because I keep shouting at everybody in the Lakers. (laughs) And I'm just like, man, you just, it's just normal people tweeting, right? But it just so happens that you're married to the Celtics head coach. Yeah. So uh, she is one of my favorite Twitter. When the NBA world feels like it's connecting with our world, that makes us feel like we're, like we're all one. We're all on the same. Yeah, line, exactly. Right? Just yeah. like it's just a normal person tweeting normal tweets, but they're around the team a bunch, and exactly. it's just so unfiltered compared to what you'd expect to see. Um, <laughs> the closest I can pull it is like Anna Horford, but like more yeah. more about being around the team than what Anna tweets. Obviously, she does from time to time, mm-hmm. and Anna's great in herself. Um, but yeah, she's definitely one of my favorite Twitter followers at the moment. Well, basically, what, what what we're getting at here, folks, by our conversation, Adam and I are not worried. I don't think you should be either. Yes, they've lost four out of the last five. The Celtics team has. But as Adam mentioned, they're 22-9. and nine. It's December. They're tied with the Milwaukee Bucks for the best record in the East and the NBA. Nothing to worry about. Adam, let's go to our final segment, which I'm really excited to bring you in here. It's time for us to cue up a vibe check. All right, Adam. So I told you a little bit about this before we got on air. Greg and I do this for every one of our Monday shows. It's our kind of our weekly check-in. What are we vibing with? What are we not vibing with? So Adam, as the guest, you go first. What is your vibe check for the week? I've got two. One of them is a show and tell. I'll need to send my daughter to get it for me in a moment. Uh, the first <laughs> one is I'm just vibing with the holiday season, man. Like I'm a big holidays type of person. Like, I'm very family orientated. So just, you know, my kids are school for two weeks. My wife's going to have a week off work after this week. Uh, we went to my mom's, like me, my, my daughter, and my mom went out shopping today like this morning, like just being around family, just vibing a ton of basketball, like just so much basketball and I don't have to wake up as early and, you know, lots of cocoa, lots of Christmas movies. Oh, you love your cocoa. You're a big cocoa guy. I know (laughs) many a times as myself and Greg have potted with Adam uh, and I don't know if it's even necessarily around the holidays. It just could be any time. His lovely yeah. wife has popped in with a nice big old cocoa for him that's all dressed up to the T's, got the marshmallow, maybe a little whipped cream. But it, I mean, I mean, honestly, it looks cafe-esque. So yeah, it's cafe-esque. Like it's made like pure full milk with the, with the melted chocolate. And, uh, but we did it. It happened again on a vitamin C's episode. And I had to like stop what we were doing and explain it because it's a whole new audience base, right? And, and it's YouTube-based, so it's it's more visual, right? Yeah, so they can see. I'm like, wow, like this one's kind of like, you might as well have put a sparkler in there, dude. Uh, but like non-basketball related, I'm really, really vibing with the holiday season. And obviously that ties into basketball because it's just game after game. And no one can watch every game. But I'm watching probably the most basketball I've ever watched mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And, and league-wide uh, too at this point, right? For, yeah, for, league for you wide, and Keith, like, you guys are covering everything across the league. Yeah, so like this week, I, so what I realized was I was really struggling to be fair to every team. Like I really enjoy watching the Rockets play. Like I, I really like, I, I enjoy watching the Rockets. I enjoy watching the Magic. These young teams with nothing to lose. But I was then I was like, I don't like watching the Sixers play. I think mm-hmm. their style of play is really boring. So what I've had to do now is like kind of say to Keith and like, 
what teams are we talking about next week? Because then I'll just hone in on those teams yeah. for the week, right? Um, but it's so much fun, man, just watching more ball. And who, obviously... who are the top three teams outside the Celtics that you've really enjoyed watching? Really enjoyed. So Orlando, I, I'm just in love with Bancaro. It's, they're the addicting, man. They, they, yeah. they early, Especially when, when Bancaro got hurt and they didn't have uh, Fultz and Cole, they, they really kind of fell apart, you know? But, dude, Bancaro, I, I, I've touched on him. We didn't talk about him enough. He's that dude. He is absolutely that dude, and, and he's he's hard to take your eyes off of. And I've, I found, especially when you add in the bull bull factor, who might be the number one league pass watch. I mean, watching him go coast to coast with the basketball, it's you can't believe what you're seeing. And, and most of the time, it, it tends to work out. And Franz Wagner as well. Like, um, yeah, I think that over the last two games, you've seen a bit of Franz Wagner, but he's played some of the games he's had this season have been so good. Like he he's a future all star. He's legit. He's a legit baller. Um, so the Magic are one. The Rockets are two. Like Jalen Green, I'm just in love with his play. Just his mm-hmm. ability to turn the corner. They run him off a bunch of slot drives just because of his explosiveness. Jabari Smith Jr. is a rookie. Can rebound. Can shoot the free quite well. Um, I liked Garuba during the draft. I wanted Boston to target Garuba uh, a year or two mm-hmm. ago. So he's there. Bruno Fernando's their guy, man. He's their energy guy. He came back from injury a few weeks back, and the Rockets just look like a different team. Sengun's there. So that's probably my second team. And then third, I'm just a big New Orleans guy at the moment. Uh, yeah, really who's enjoying not, watching man. them. Yeah, dude. Zion. Uh, point forward Zion, I remember we spoke about this when mm-hmm. um, Van Gundy was coaching the team, and I was like, I don't know if it's ever going to become a thing, but it has. Uh, Brandon Ingram. I'm just, honestly, those three teams, and then obviously I feel bad not putting Memphis in there, but they're like number four. But, but they've kind of, Memphis has kind of been that that team for the last three years, right? Like, their their last two to three years, where I always have found myself compelled to watch them because, number one, Jaws just, you never know what you're going to see with Ja. And then number two, the way that team plays, they're so fun. They have so much energy. They're so connected. They're they're just a, a delight to watch. And so I'm with you. I almost put them – I try to put them to the side because it's too easy for me to gravitate towards – I'm not sure who to watch. The tie goes to the Grizzlies that I'm trying yeah. to expand my range a little bit when I do have opportunities to to hop around league pass. What I will say is at the moment, I see a lot of similarities to the Grizzlies of three years ago, two mm-hmm. years ago, to what I see in the Magic now. Okay. Do, like do you know that. what I mean? Just in terms of young guys with good upside and they've got a couple of standout dudes, they're probably still looking for one more standout piece, but Fultz coming back, I mean, Fultz, by this point, if he'd been healthy his entire career, he'd yeah, be also good these last two games. Yeah, you know, I don't think he's ever going to live up to that number one. Not thing. anymore, but no. But he's going to be a more than serviceable point guard in this league. And and you know he really like we said, I found myself early in the season tuning into the Magic. I was kind of captivated by them. Fell off a little bit when when Paolo was out, and then when they just didn't have any guards. And now yeah. that that Markel's back, and they have you know a true point guard to kind of run the show. You know, it's it just it, it makes a, a world of difference. And you know, speaking of just making having a point guard to make the the operation run differently, look at Jalen Brunson in New York, right? Yeah, like exactly. He's, like the, the difference that he makes just having an adult who's handling the ball and can get everything set up. You know that that is a world of difference. And they're obviously on a, a seven game win streak right now. But Adam, I, I know that you're. It looks like you're you're calling in the backups here. You had a second part of your vibe. Yeah, check. she's are, going. Are, are, she's are you going ready to for get it? it for me? Not yet. No. So I want your vibe check. Okay, first. let me let me hop in, and then we'll circle back to your your second part two of your vibe check uh, at the end of the show here. 
for me, it's kind of along the lines of of the holiday spirit. And I'm excited for you to be here, Adam, because I'm pretty sure you're going to disagree with this, despite being a big holiday guy. I wouldn't consider myself the biggest holiday guy, not against it by any means, definitely not a Scrooge, but not someone who necessarily goes out of their way for it. But one of the few holiday traditions, I have two movies that I must watch every single holiday season. And I checked one of them off my list the other night before taking on this nine hour drive from Austin, Texas to El Paso, Texas. And that's watching Love Actually. I don't care what the haters say. The movie still slaps. I believe that's what the kids say. The movie still slaps. I love everything about it. At this point, I've seen it so many times. It's almost 20 years old at this point, which makes me feel incredibly old. That this is basically something I have done for every one of the last 20 years is watch this movie. But it's basically a running director's commentary at this point. But there's so many parts (laughs) about it. That, that I love. You've got Liam Neeson in this heartwarming role, taking on, you know, his stepson after the death of his wife. You've got, you know, uh, you've got Wakanda's favorite colonizer as a substitute porn actor falling in love. You know, you've you've got so many different elements of this movie that I think are are great. I enjoy watching it. I know that over the years, more and more haters of this movie have come along. Adam, am I right that I feel like this is not a movie that you're a big fan of? Yeah, like my wife likes it a lot. Like I'm, I'm like I'll watch it, but in my Christmas rotation, it's like I get it out of the way early in December. Okay, like because it's just like for but me, it's I'm in the more, rotation. It's it's, it's rotation in the rotation. Okay. Yeah, I'm more like I want the Santa Claus one, two, one and two mm-hmm. uh, close to Christmas Day. I want Home Alone one and two close to mm. Christmas Day. My wife loves um, Elf with Will Ferrell, so that that's has the to other. Be so on. I mentioned there's two movies I gotta watch. That's the only that's the only prerequisite that I have for every holiday season. There's two movies that I absolutely have to watch. The rest um, I'll go along with whatever. And I like a lot of those movies that you just mentioned, but Elf and Love Actually, those are the two must haves for your boy over here. Yeah, I watch both of them every year too. Like yeah. I'm not, I'm definitely not as big into Love Actually as you are, but I enjoy yeah. it when I watch it. Right, I'm, it's not a film where I'm like, man, this is horrible. But it's definitely a film where I'm like, yeah, it's good. But if I didn't see it one year, I wouldn't feel like Christmas was incomplete. Yeah, 100%. You know? I, feel like, you, I feel I'm you. a big Tim Allen guy. So like, if I don't see the Santa Claus... <laughs> yeah, like, we, we've, had, we, we've had some home improvement chats. So I, oh, I know. Man. I remember I dropped it one time, and I think that was the happiest I've ever seen you with me. <laughs> I made, a, I made a, a Tim Allen home improvement reference, and you got really excited slash disappointed that you weren't the first to make that. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm telling you now, man. Tim Allen. Have you been watching the new Santa Claus TV show on Disney Plus? I have. Have not man i'll i'll, oh, I'll be man. honest I, I i probably have seen the original santa claus maybe santa claus the the second one i i, I can't say that i've seen a ton of that franchise so they made a tv man. show about it. it's only six episodes long but like any uh, good yeah like the first couple of episodes i was not a fan i was like man they're ruining the franchise with this and then by the end of it like i was like so i finished watching it yesterday and I was like, yeah, I'm prepped for Christmas. This needs to come back. And another one that's on Netflix as well was um, The Christmas Chronicles is now among my favorites, one and two. Have you seen those? Wait, which is this the animated one? No, it's um, who acts in it? Bear with me. This is some excellent podcasting because I'm pulling up IMDb. <laughs> it's a really famous because they're actually now. actually you know what there was a, a new one on Netflix last year. I believe it's called Klaus. Is actually as I'm thinking that about was it now, really good, which too. was really good. I I was very surprised how good that was. That was one I might have to add to the rotation. So the Christmas Chronicles is Kurt Russell. Okay, I don't think and, I've uh, seen this. It's really, really, like, it's a modern take on Christmas with Santa. And, like, you know, they're in jail at points. And it's just really good. Love it's that. Funny. Santa in yeah. jail? That's yeah, I'm dude. in for that. <laughs> like, it, it, honestly, 
that is a top three Christmas movie for me at this point. Um, my daughter's getting a little bit older now, so like you know, I'm just trying to cling on to that magic for the last bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, I love these Christmas movies. Well, as we're talking here, I've noticed that you've done a, a bit of a wardrobe change yeah, here. You, you've, you've popped a hat on. So I, I feel like, are we ready with part two of your, your Yeah, so I'm here? vibing on this hat, dude. So there's been a store open up by me called Lids. Which oh, like, yeah. like, I, I think most people should be familiar with Lids, I believe. Well, not here. Like they're, they're oh, kind of new. Like, okay. That, like, I mean, this was this this for me, Adam was like mall rat territory. I was I was actually at the mall uh, about a week or so ago, and was and, and my girlfriend was asking me. She was like, "Were you ever really much of a mall guy?" And I was like, "You know what? At different points, like that was kind of like, hey, if you want to get out of the neighborhood, let's see if we can get a parent to drive us to the mall, drop us off for a little bit." And the only store, the only two things that anyone we were all we all didn't have any money. There's only two things that any of us could ever buy: an Auntie Anne's pretzel and maybe a hat from lids but we'd spend about a half hour in lids just looking at different hats and maybe one out of the six of us would have enough money to go buy a hat that day so it's crazy man because i'd never heard of them and then i live about 10 minutes from a really popular mall i mean the mall is that popular that have you ever mm-hmm. watched um gumball on cartoon network have not so gumball they're always going to the mall in this cartoon it's a kids tv show okay. but that mall in gumball is the it's the animated version of the one that's 10 minutes from my house so yeah. like it's a really popular more that and so lids dm'd me on instagram like hey we saw you from the uk we saw you like basketball we've just opened a store in birmingham or just outside of birmingham i'm like yo yeah. that's where i'm from where so they tell me i'm like it's around the corner from my crib um literally the next morning i just got in my car and went there just to see what the fuss was about it's not often a basketball place opens here and yeah no one or they ever, dm you and they're no like, one ever dm'd out, me about this <laughs> stuff i felt special do you know what i mean and obviously i think someone had tagged me in something and mm-hmm. they've just dm'd me because i was tagged i don't think they sought me out like that but um i get in there and they're like hey you know you can have a custom hat made so I won't wear this outside because my ego is not that inflated. But um, I had the Adam Taylor NBA wrote on it. So now this Look is my streaming hat. Taylor this my, gang. This is my streaming hat. And then I went to, um, do you guys have Typo out there as well? The store Typo? Not, not familiar. I'm sure it sounds like you can probably get custom made hats or shirts. I'm oh, no, nah, dude. But... I bought like a massive Celtics, like, um, what's the word? Like proper authentic merchandise Celtics mm-hmm. Udi. Do you know what an Udi? What's an Udi? So Udi's that see everyone's like, oh, you mean a hoodie? I'm like, no, dude. Uh, Udi is like the cross a crossover between a hoodie and a blanket, but you wear it right. So I'm six okay. three. It's one size fits all. I'll go and get <laughs> it if you want. I'm six three. I wear it and it comes down to my knees, bro. Like, oh um, man, it, okay. It's big. It's fluffy. It's just it's like wearing a blanket, like you know. Yeah. But, it's one size. So I think there was like something in the states 10. called a snuggie that was it was basically the Google same. O O D I E. They've just gone. They've gone crazy, and now like you can buy Star Wars ones. You can buy, but like I'd seen the Celtics one. I was like, yo, let me cut that. Is expensive. Yeah. Okay. I've seen these before. Yeah. We definitely have. There's definitely versions of this in the states. I just didn't know it was called an, an Udi. But yeah, there was definitely a snuggie phase, and then from that came multiple different versions of this. Like I'm looking at one right now that just looks like incredibly comfortable with like that lining. That's that's almost like so soft that's and it, it's it's like like some type of wool or something i don't know but it's it, it's incredibly warm and comfortable and i'm like if it's down to my knees and i'm a big dude like i'm broad <laughs> as well i'm overweight at the moment as well so i'm really broad and like it's still down to my knees i'm like having like five ten dudes like fit like you're tripping over like, yeah it's long bro but so comfortable so that with this uh, so is that is that like, going to be a big in the in the rotation for this holiday season 
Dude, I wear it nearly every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? If it's not in the wash, then it's on. There like, we go. <laughs> well, that's perfect. Well, that's that's the recommendation for all of you listening out here. If you're doing any last minute Christmas shopping, go find yourself an Udi. Udi. Is that how you say it? Udi? Udi. Like O O D I E. Udi. Go find yourself an Udi courtesy of Adam Taylor. Adam, it's been really fun, man, catching up with you, getting the chance to see you here before the holidays. I wish, you know, you and your family a really, really amazing holiday season and new year and really appreciate you stepping up here last minute to fill in for our guy greg who's a little under the weather yeah man for sure i mean i will say this i've loved every second of catching up with you man um i want to make sure we do this consistently on both shows it does suck i haven't been able to catch up with greg before christmas because i miss greg as well um so obviously i should have said this at the start of the show but greg i know you're going to be listening at some point uh get well soon man we'll definitely do this again but bro, man, it's a uh, it's always good to to see and hear your voice, see your face and hear your voice and talk some ball for an hour, man. So I appreciate you reaching out. Of course, man. It's always a pleasure. Appreciate you joining us. You know where to find Adam uh, at Adam Taylor MBA to catch all of his amazing coverage. Follow us at Green MB Pod, myself at Wilbon2Ls13. And we'll be back later this week. Hopefully, Greg will be recovered and ready to go for a midweek episode following the game against the Indiana Pacers later in the week. And we will get you all set up for the holiday stretch and take you all the way through Christmas against that big, big Eastern Conference matchup against the Milwaukee Bucks. But that's going to do it for this episode of Green with Envy. We appreciate y'all joining us. On the other side, you're going to hear something really, truly just amazing from Greg's band down here in Austin, Texas. That is, they are Black Sheep Optimist, and we will see y'all later in the week. Peace. Every time I get this high, I lose my mind. It don't take much no more Until I hit the floor Every time I get this high It's you I find It don't take much no more Until I'm at your door You cut me to my core, baby what can I say? You got me on the floor. You know I came to play. I know I shouldn't, but you seem to take my pain away. And every time I score, Jason Tatum fade away. I close my eyes and I'm floating your river. I call to see if you open. You know I hope you deliver. Every time you're getting close, I still be sick with the shivers. But there's nothing like that first time. I still remember the first time I saw you. You were looking.